Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at StartupRadioNetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Muy buenos días. ¿Cómo están todos? Feliz viernes, día 30 de marzo de 2018. Claudia, ¿cómo estás? Buenos, buenos días. días. Buenos días, Edgar. Bien, bien. Gracias. Feliz. Happy Good Friday. Feliz Viernes Feliz Santo. Viernes Santo. Para Oye, todos sí, los católicos y los pecadores también. Arrepiéntanse. <risa> Oye, en México ya están todos de fiesta y todo. Y le digo, sí. Oigan, pero ¿ustedes saben en realidad el verdadero significado de por qué están de fiesta? No. Y todos seguían pensando de que, ah, sí, no, tenemos que hacer una reflexión de eso. Porque no, ahorita todo el mundo está de fiesta, no sé ni por qué. Pero bueno, bienvenidos a Latino Founder Hour de Startup Radio Network. Síganos todos los viernes de 11 de la mañana a 12 horario del Pacífico. Desde Portland, Oregon, los saludamos Edgar Navas y mi coanfitriona Claudia Cárdenas. ¿Cómo estás, Claudia? Bien, bien, gracias. Uh, thank, you for, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. Uh, today, Friday, uh, March 30th. 30th. 30th, ok. Uh, ok, entonces uh, hoy hablaremos. ¿Esto va a ser en español o en inglés? ¿Cómo lo vamos a hacer? Hoy lo vamos a tener en inglés. Tenemos a, a una organización, a dos personas increíbles, dos mujeres realmente impresionantes. Tenemos a la doctora Patti López y a la doctora Cecilia Girón de Latinas en Tech, una organización eh, sin fines de lucro. Y pues bueno, eh, lo vamos, el día de hoy los vamos a tener en inglés. We just want to welcome today our, uh, our guest, uh, Dr. Patti López. And Cecilia and Dr. Cecilia Giron that's joining us from Chile, from Chile, on a Fulbright scholarship. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for having. Th th thank you for coming over. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And hola. And my name is Cecilia Aragon. 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 I'm yes, so sorry. I changed Aragon. your last name. Yeah, not Giron. Aragon. Aragon. Yes. Like, that's what I was just thinking in a, in a little bit. I was like, yeah, it's, she's Aragon. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, being with us today. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a, I'm proud to have you both uh, calling from uh, Cecilia. You said you're in Chile. And Patty is in... Colorado. 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 Thank you so much for uh, for this uh, phone call. So um, today I just wanted to say thank you to all these Latinas. There are Latina leaders. They're like uh, now uh, leading large uh, in large co corporations and um, private sectors, and um, and also organizations. And then uh, in this case we have this organization that is called Latinas. Latinas in, in tech. In tech and computing. In computing. In computing. Yeah. Yes. In computing. Yeah, and, and you know what? I was reading about, you know, I, I was looking at your website, and it's just truly, number one, inspiring. Um, I myself have been involved in the, uh, in the tech diversity. Um, you know, we, we do acknowledge, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm the founder of a small tech startup in Portland, and it's a city that you, you guys have read. It's a very, um, not very diverse. 
especially in the tech sector. So we've been having those conversations, those battles, and there's you know little things that have been done. But we want to listen uh, from you that you're definitely in the trenches. Uh, also, you know, very inspiring stories. You know, um, Dr. Patty Lopez from uh, Intel. And Dr. Cecilia Giron on a Fulbright scholarship at the University uh, um, at the University of Washington. So, uh, can we start with do, with you, Patty? Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, so, I grew up in northern New Mexico, a small town uh, north of Santa Fe, which is which is the oldest capital in the United States, a small community. Um, I had, my parents uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't go to college, so I'm, I was a first-generation college student. Um, <clears throat> I had uh, four brothers and two sisters, so we had a large uh, Hispanic family, lots of uh, tios and tias and, and uh, primos, and um, it was just a wonderful way to grow up, right? There was so much family. Uh, but there were challenges. It, the, the community didn't have a lot of access to computing, even though uh, Los Alamos Nat National Labs is only about 20 miles away. Uh, but uh, there was a teacher who came to my high school with a computer. It, it was back in the 70s, so uh, not very sophisticated, but I learned how to program. And that sort of sparked my interest. I was always good in math and science, and so that got me interested in uh, technology. And when I went to uh, college, I uh, majored in computer science, and that sort of started my whole path uh, down the tech, uh, uh, the tech career. And uh, I met. Uh, uh, Cecilia Aragon at uh, a Grace Hopper conference, uh, Birds of a Feather session, and that's how Latinas in Computing was born. Okay, yeah, and, and we saw that you hold, uh, you know, BS in Computer Engineering or Computer Science, a Master's, and then a PhD, yeah. which is, you know, absolutely yeah. remarkable. That's that's amazing. So, and that, one yeah, of the I, things, it, yeah, go ahead. It, it was sort of an accidental path. Um, no one in my family had ever gotten a, a master's or a PhD. And uh, when I was a, a senior in, in my last year, I saw this article in the paper. There were uh, two professors at my uh, university studying artificial intelligence, which, as you know, is a big thing now. But yeah. back then, you know, it was harder to do without the computing power, without the tools, without memory. Uh, anyway, I, I went and I approached them. And I said I wanted to learn more about it. I ended up doing an independent study that led to uh, to, to a teaching assistantship uh, in a master's program and then a research assistantship. And then I had an organization sponsored by the uh, uh, National Science Foundation fund the first year of my PhD. Wow. And that's sort of how I ended up on the PhD track. It was not intentional. Oh, wow. That's In amazing. Amazing. Yes. Incredible. Especially, uh, Patty, uh, when we come, uh, when we are like first generation to go to college and um, our families are just like, okay, why are you going to college? Why did you just get a job? Like, yeah. what was that that inspired you to uh, go to college? Well, I, you know, I, my best friend was going to college and we were very close and uh, she um, she was interested in, uh, you know, we'd gone to the state university because that's what we could afford. Uh, she was interested in psychology. And so, you know, we were just, we were almost inseparable. We always, you know, we were in band together. Um, and it, it was just like, oh, I should go to college, right? I ended up getting a tuition scholarship from the university, which is very small uh, at the time. And so I worked 
through college. Um, and of course, when I got my bachelor's, my mom said, oh, you, you should get a job, right? You should get a job. You don't need to get a master's. You should just go get a job, get in the workforce. You know, that was the expectation. And I think uh, one of the challenges is, is for a lot of first-gen students is, you know, without uh, understanding what uh, a career might look like outside of just going and getting a job uh, out of college, uh, there's not really a, a good uh, a path for parents to really understand uh, what research is about and what, you know, getting a master's you can do with uh, a master's or what you could do with a PhD aside from teach, right? Um, yeah. So it's been a wonderful journey to be able to learn from my peers like Cecilia and our other founders, as well as other women in our group, to say there are many paths to a successful career. Some of them might include getting a master's or a PhD, uh, working in tech companies, working in a startup, working uh, in a, at a university, which uh, uh, Cecilia has done, as well as working in government, which Cecilia has also done. Uh, my path was to industry. And uh, and I've enjoyed that very much, and I've had the opportunity to work closely with women in academia as well, because there's so much work to do in opening doors for other Latinas and Latino men as well. Yes, I, just like I uh, like I said when uh, at the beginning, the Latinos are now uh, representing and having big jobs, uh, leading large uh, public companies and private firms. Um, and now, uh, Cecilia, can can you give us a little bit of a uh, where you grew up, uh, and we know you're from Chile. Uh, what inspired you to be where you are right now? All right, thank you very much, Claudia. And um, yeah, so my story is very different from Patty's, but it has a lot of similarities. I'm a first generation of a different kind. My parents are, are immigrants. My father was an immigrant from Chile and my mother, an immigrant from the, United, from the Philippines. They both came to the United States as adults. And, um, and I grew up in Indiana. And so I had a very different experience. I, um, my family was alone. We were one of the few Hispanic or Latino families in this small town in Indiana. And um, I had, it was, it was not a very, it was not a very pleasant childhood. My teachers every year, um, my teachers in elementary school would, would put me in the slow reading group because they assumed that uh, a young Latina girl would not be very smart. Oh, and wow. so, um, yeah, yeah, no matter how well I had done the year before, every year it was back to square one. Um, and uh, we had situation, you know, we had the classic situation where um, my parents put an offer in on a house in a good neighborhood, which meant um, not Latino, and it was taken off the market. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I, yeah, I still remember going into stores with my mother, and they would refuse to serve us. Exactly. Um, oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I have oh, heard incredible. stories like that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so that was... Um, so I, I did not have any experience um, doing uh, programming or computers in high school because my high school didn't even have AP classes. Um, but I, uh, my support came from my family because my, my parents did go to college and they were very supportive of education. So I, um, I went to, I, I went to, um, to Caltech 
for my undergraduate degree and um, majored in mathematics. But while I was there, I became fascinated, fascinated by computers. And on my own, I started programming and wow. decided I wanted to study yes. um, more about computer science. But, but even there, um, I remember I had a professor in mathematics who said, oh, you're, you're good at math. Why are you thinking about computer science? Only failed mathematicians go to computer science. Mm -hmm. um, Goodness. So... So I, but I've I've kind of always had a little bit of a defiant streak, and so I I decided I was going to go ahead and and study computer science because I thought computers were the future. Exactly, and even and more still important, the future. Yeah, yes, they are. And even more important, I I just enjoyed programming. I I thought it was like a superpower because there were all these interesting problems in in math. But if I could write programs, it was like I could make myself even smarter. <laughs> and it was so exciting that I, and, and for me, my situation was, it was the, it was kind of the opposite. I wanted to get a job after I graduated, but I, I still remember, you know, I was trying to get a, a technical or a programming job and this, and um, <laughs> I had one, one um, potential employer said, well, we were looking for a young man. Oh, oh wow. my. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. And so I actually sent out, I sent out over a hundred resumes and could not get a job. And so I decided to apply to graduate school instead. Um, yes. And so I applied to uh, the University of California, Berkeley in computer science for a PhD. And, um, and and started started going there. Oh wow! It's Incredible. amazing. Is it is it amazing story, Cecilia? Uh, and this question is for any of you. Like uh, you created this Latinas Latinas in computing. Uh, is it is a company? It's an organization uh, that is created. Uh, by Latinas for Latinas, and then uh, your mission is promoting and representation of your success. Like, uh, can you tell us a little bit of that? Yes. Um, so there are actually, there are actually six of us that are the co-founders of Latinas in Computing. Um, we all have PhDs, and we all work in various areas of technology and it is an organization not a company it's completely non-profit okay. and volunteer mm -hmm. um, none of us have ever received payment for um for our our work and um the the other leaders include uh, gilda gareton and dilma da silva um and um um and, uh, Raquel Romano, and the actually the, the original, uh, what happened originally is there was an organ, there was a, a seminar put on by the Anita Borg Institute for Women in Computing in I think about 2002 and um, Gilda and and um, Dilma and I just met, 
and we were so surprised to find other that we both of all of us had been working and we hadn't known other Latinas in computing. And so we decided let's just have a birds of a feather session at the next um, at the next uh, Grace Hopper conference. And let's see if there are others of us. And so um, at that Grace, at that um, Birds of a Feather session, um, there were about 15 of us, I think. And of those 15, six of us, including um, um, Patty and Clarice and Raquel, um, decided that we all wanted to get together and form this organization. That's amazing. So uh, this is kind of like a leadership uh, group that decided uh, we need this for our Latinos, for our community, and uh, we are going to offer this service. And then we're not going to get paid, but we are going to try to like grow an organization for our young generation that are like uh, coming and they're interested in computing. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so so the challenge was that we had shared our stories, and when we realized uh, that we all had faced some sort of uh, diversity aspect, some sort of exclusion, right? There were Claudius was working on her PhD, and she was having trouble uh, uh, either with her advisor or her committee. Um, you know, there was these doors that were blocking us, and and what what was the reason, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I love about our Latina group is all, all, all their voices. They're from different countries, different mm-hmm. uh, different uh, experiences, and when we are all talking together, it just sounds like a song. There's so many uh, melodies, uh, but the the experiences were what really touched me because uh, really sad stories. And here we were in our companies, or in our uh, universities, or in our labs. Uh, And and we didn't have anyone else to reach out to, nobody else to share our story. And so we thought, you know, it's me. It's There's something wrong with me. I, I, I don't quite get this this uh, organizational culture. There's something that's, uh, that I'm lacking. But when we shared our stories, we found that we had so much in common. And, of course, as you've seen all of the articles about uh, diverse, lack of diversity mm-hmm. in, in, in technology companies, you know, uh, be it the big companies or the, even the startups, Uh, you know, a lot of really horrible stories, but, but what has come out of that is that strength that says, okay, you know, I'm not alone. Uh, uh, people are starting to share their voices, their experiences. We, we're starting to, to have an impact. And so, uh, 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 Cecilia and the other Latinas, uh, we all decided what we needed to do was help other, uh, women through that pipeline, right? Uh, where were they getting stuck? Were they getting stuck, uh, getting a, a bachelor's degree? Were they getting stuck, uh, applying to graduate school, were they getting stuck getting uh, their PhD, getting into academic institutions, into industry, into research uh, careers. And so we created these programs that we'd have at the Grace Hopper Conference, which is an annual conference now. Um, and since 2006, we we have uh, been present pretty much every year with content. We had a, a speed mentoring workshop that was very successful in the early years. Uh, we put on uh, uh, lots of panels. Uh, for you know, imposter syndrome is a topic we've discussed. We've talked about uh, 
you know, uh, professional development? How do you how do you advance in your career? Um, lots of different topics to appeal to those students to say, hey, here's here's how I here's how I did it, and here's how you can do it. You don't have to follow my path, but here is a path that you know that might help you make decisions about your own. No, no, that's that's fantastic, but I, I do have a question here, like a follow up question. You, you mentioned this is you know mostly for professional women or uh, like um, college students. students. Do do you go before that? Because I, you know, I have a freshman in high school, um, you know, uh-huh. truly smart girl, and I I felt that at some point um, you know e- either passively she has confronted you know this like oh the, the, the computing is only for boys and. Uh, and you know, again, she's excel in math. She, uh, you know, she's a year ahead, and it, it's I'm, I'm so smart. But she has yes, you know, yes. made, made some made some comments that say, "Oh no, no, I think that's just for boys." Or she's like, "Well, no, 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 hang on, who told you that? Where did you find it?" And and that's again, you know, part of the culture. And here we're in Portland, a very progressive city. But still, in 2018, my my daughter comes and tells me, no, no, I, I don't think that's for me because I'm supposed to go do something else. And I don't think that's her passion. She's really good at math. But uh, I, I want to see, you know, if you guys are engaging with it earlier on, like high school or even middle school, because I think that message, it's being, uh, I don't know if promoted or just, you know, being, you know, being pushed early on. Sure. A- absolutely. I've got a, the organization for you. It's called Technologicas. Uh, so the website is technologicas.org. And uh, it is uh, uh, an organization that is an offshoot of NCWIT, which is the National Center for Women and Information Technology. And so if you go to the Technologicas website, they also have a Twitter uh, and a Facebook page. Um, they are uh, uh, sort of a joint initiative with Televisa. Uh, okay. the Televisa Foundation to uh, uh, raise awareness among young Latinas and their families about opportunities and careers in technology. Uh, they uh, Another thing that is, is uh, being done is you're, you're from, um, I don't know if you've ever watched uh, the PBS uh, there is a uh, Sci Girls program that has historically been for, you know, in English, but they have now have uh, a, a, a Latina Sci Girls, and it's in Spanish, and they have mentors, and they got funding. I think it was through the National Science Foundation for that program as well. So I agree absolutely. Middle school is where girls start to form those ideas about whether or not they belong in tech or or mm-hmm. not, and um, and so you know, in my community, uh, I do a lot of volunteering at that level i think many of the latinas do because you know we have kids uh, or or we have you know interest in promoting it at that early age and so i would say that uh, the ncwit the national center for women Inform- uh, in information technology has been one of the strongest organizations to actually create that pipeline that k-12 pipeline there's also a really great program in the portland area it's called the national uh, girls collaborative program it's ngcpproject.org. Uh, I can send you those details offline. But okay, it, yeah, it has this program directory. <clears throat> so if you go to its website, you look up uh, the, I, I don't know if it's called collaboratory or uh, program directory, but you can look up any program in your area 
and you can find a program for your for your kids uh, for girls uh, you can also if you have a program you can add it to the directory to create a, a, a way for people to find out about you so this is a national program uh, I know that the Washington State collaborate uh, collaborations are very strong um, and so you know these are just you know things that you learn about through our work uh, with with all, all women across the spectrum of technology, and so you know it's very important for these young women to have not only role models uh, that are successful in industry or in in their career like Cecilia and the other Latinas, uh, but also to see near peers, right? Women yeah. who are in, uh, girls who are in middle school see those role models in high school, and the girls that are in high school see those role models in college, and the college women see the leaders uh, at the next level up. And so uh, NCWIT has created this uh, near peer uh, loop. They also have an aspirations program. It's called aspirations.org. And uh, you can nominate young women in high school for awards, and they can win at a regional or uh, state level and then go uh, to the national level. And then when they go to college, they uh, are connected to other aspirations winners at the university that, that they attend, and then they start to create that, that community so that they're not alone. So, uh, yeah, you know, amazing. they're sort of leading it yeah. across uh, all uh, for all women in technology, and we support them with uh, with uh, the the, the work that we do uh, specifically for Latinas because, as you know, Latinas, uh, African-American women, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Native American women are among the, the most underrepresented in technology. Exactly, yep. yes. And then, like you're yes. saying, uh, in our young Latinas, uh, we used to be scared to talk. We used to be scared of like going out and then find uh, what we love to do. Uh, but now, I can see, like, uh, a lot of young Latinas that are like 16, like even my son, like my son talks when he talks, he's like, what generation are you from? Like he, he's a, an old soul. And uh, these kids are getting smarter, smarter all the time. And uh, I see these uh, girls that are like 15, 16 years old talking in, a, in front of like a, a huge um, uh, crowd. crowd yeah. Exactly. And with demanding what they want and then the one what they want to do in the future so just like um and that it's the all we have to do is create the awareness of what we want to do what we love to do and building the strength together to be able to help uh, each other and create that impact that that you were talking about and you guys are doing it with uh, latinas in computing yes i i think that the young people of today are so inspiring. I, they give me hope for the future. I, I certainly, it, even in, in the darkest of times, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. seeing amazing things that these young uh, Latinas uh, um, people are saying and speaking and, and being so eloquent. Um, I want to. I, I want to say too that um, that the that parents' views, they're also very valuable. This is just from a personal viewpoint. I had almost no support outside my mother and father. And so I would encourage you to encourage your own children to go against the norm, to, to break the mold, to be defiant, to be different. Um, 
because I think that's, I think they have the potential to do that. And I think it is the, it is the age of young, young people that, that we are entering now. And I just wanted to mention one other organization to add to Patty's excellent list. There's also a national organization for girls called Expanding Your Horizons. And they focus on the middle school. They give um, workshops in, in science and technology. And um, they're also very good in addition to all the other ones she listed that I, I wholly support and that Latinas in Computing has been, has been connected with. Amazing. Thank you. I, I got a, I got a question for, for both of you. I mean, both of you are like highly respected, incredible women. I mean, PhDs. Um, I, I, I've been, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm college educated. I have a master's also. Uh, but, you know, now as a father and you're know, being, you know, in, in the tech world, there's um, a bigger current right now or a trend where you know we, we really need to analyze if if the college is really the path, especially with the escalating costs, or if we need to uh, think about disrupting the old model. And what, what do you what do you guys think about the coding schools? You know, as um as a way to get into tech without having to get into a lot of debt, and starting a career, starting a you know with with something more practical rather than uh, academic. I mean, if if that's a path, I mean, it's just a question that that I've had. I mean, it's all it's been in my mind for a couple of years. Well, if you are interested in programming, I think the best deals right now are from some of the large state universities that do provide really excellent financial aid. There are a lot of for-profit organizations that are charging tuition, and they claim to be less expensive, but they, some of them are not, do not provide the quality of education that the, the large traditional universities have given. I do not give up, despite the expense of college, do not give up on these schools because there is a tremendous amount of scholarships and financial aid and ways to learn. And I, I fear that there, are, that there are these small programs that appear to charge less, but they're actually delivering less as well. And so you have to be very careful. Some of, I, not all of them are bad, okay. but you have to make sure that you are dealing with a nonprofit and and going to just a coding school for a few weeks does not provide the same level of training as four years with a computer science major will give you. Okay. So some other options I might suggest uh, for students that are particularly cost uh, conscious is, you know, they're very, uh, very uh, good uh, uh, community colleges that where you can uh, uh, go ahead and receive your two-year uh, prerequisites that many universities uh, will require to get a four-year degree, and you can complete them at a you know at a local community college where the cost is much less. You might be able to live at home and still uh, work. You can also um, 
test out of classes that you might take in high school. And then uh, there are lots of programs, as uh, uh, Cecilia said, for scholarships. I know that for students, especially dreamers or students who don't, who have undocumented status, it's a, it's it's more difficult. It's more challenging. Uh, but there there are a lot of online courses that you can take and and get through. Uh, there's so many YouTube videos. Uh, Code.org has a lot of yeah. uh, how to get started sorts of things. Um, in terms of the universities, certainly a state university or a, a, a university that is a public university will offer uh, much more in, in terms of financial aid and, and student loans. Um, in, in terms of actually the student experience, one of the things that I, I advise uh, all of my protégés is to try to get a research experience, which is something that uh, actually helps you connect, you know, what the uh, computing career is or what whatever discipline the student chooses to what people actually do, right? Because when I went to college, uh, you know, what what was a degree in computer science? What kind of job was that going to get me? There were no pictures or ideas, right? You know, it's not somebody sits in, uh, in front of a computer all day and just stares at a screen. I did so many other things. I worked with teams. I, I worked with people across the world. I, uh, I my, my work was uh, image processing when I first started my career, so it was very visual and very collaborative. So I think that when you actually get into uh, a research experience, which provides funding many, many times, uh, and travel support to go to a conference, which opens your doors, opens your eyes to the rest of the world, um, you know, those are the sorts of things that can make a huge uh, change, not only for students to inspire them, right? They get to go to these conferences where you have inspirational leaders speak, and they they share their journey, their experiences. You get to talk to other young women uh, um, about uh, about their path, and and you and, and you see that there is a sea of other uh, women uh, in the field, so you don't feel so isolated. Um, so I think those are, are are very good reasons to choose uh, for your university. Now, whether or not universities are adapting to keep pace with the demand is is a big issue, and of course the the cost is a huge hurdle for for many students. Yeah. Um, Yes, and, and and that's a trend. Uh, we, as Latinos, sometimes we don't know where to get the funding and and uh, or the help to to get these programs. Yeah, and and you know, I raise the question because I um you know um I I work also as a volunteer in one of the high schools that is the most diverse and has the high one of the highest concentrations of Latino students in Portland. And, you know, just listening from their experiences, this is where the question came from, because like, well, uh, you know, yes, I, prom I would rather you go to college, but a lot of these um, uh, kids, they're working at 16 years old as a sophomore. So for them to, to and working not just to buy the newest iPhone, then they're contributing to the household. So once they graduate from college, I mean, from high school, they got to get into the workforce so they can contribute. And, and and that's one of the things that I, you know tr trying to piece uh, you know put all the pieces in the puzzle. I look well. I know it's for them. It's impractical to tell them. Yeah, you're gonna disappear for four years. It's simply not an option. What's the next best option for you? Just so you don't end up being a gardener or you know washing. You know the the, the traditional uh, you know just. Uh, the, the traditional jobs that are out for there just for a, a high school graduate. That, that's what that's what so we raise the question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, Community college is a great option. Community uh, college, yeah. 
My own daughter is in community college now, getting a two-year degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. It's much less costly. There are tremendous teachers, tremendous opportunities there. Um, and you can take classes part-time while you're mm-hmm. working. Um, and again, a community college. The, the main thing I want to speak about is the for-profit organ, you know, colleges and organizations and academies are not a good deal. They often promise, they, they promise they'll get you a loan and then you are, will be buried in debt. Um, exactly. our, the, I, I can't speak for other schools, but I know the University of Washington, we're, you know, we, we work with undocumented students. We, we try to help people who have need to find the resources to get scholarships. Um, this is something we take very seriously. Exactly. So, yes. Go Huskies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so don't believe that it's not that, you know, that it's, I think some of people get misinformed about the opportunities that are out there and, and, and these small institutes that, that try to get you say, oh, it'll be free because we'll get you student loan. Don't please. I mean, this is something that's, that, don't make sure that people don't fall for that because there are resources and i want to second the the community college route is really wonderful yes uh and there's a lot of organizations like i work with spanish chamber and we have scholarship program for all the daca students and dreamers so uh we uh we have the help and then like you said there's always something that we can do as a community and uh, and then yes we have a lot of organizations okay we're gonna take a break uh right now and then we're gonna have an uh an ad so um Uh, CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is very reasonable. Customers decide the value uh, to them. And they don't charge for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, text messages, or uh, meetings. They just get the damn job done. <laughs> uh, so find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. And Porkbond domains, websites and internet commerce for the rest of us. Porkbond, where you can get the website domain names for your business or personal brand with the lowest prices and amazing free services. Yeah, everybody's heard of .com, .net, and .org, but you know now you, you can get a domain that, that matches what your startup does. If you're a design entrepreneur, you could get a .design domain name. Use your imani- imagination and contact them at porkbond.com forward slash startup radio. Um, well, thank you so much, ladies. I mean, it's, it's truly remarkable to have you here. And we, you know, I, we, we just wanted to know a little bit more of your personal experience. And you know what, uh, you know, as, as a source of inspiration for the next generation, what are um, what are your challenges and what what can you tell the next um, generation of, you know, f- future Latina leaders in, in computing? Uh, 
so I think one of the things that so many young women uh, don't don't recognize, and this is true for the workforce in general, is you think that you do a good job and your work will be recognized. Um, it's it, it, it's it's not it's very competitive uh, in many uh, work cultures, and because you are in the minority, right? You you value community, you value collaboration, you value teamwork. Those are traditional uh, uh, values uh, from that I brought up uh, being from the uh, Latino culture and you go into the workforce and and they're not viewed in the same way so what every person who works at least in my company you need to be able to articulate what what it is you do what what value you bring and the impact that your work has on the organization or the team and so you know, it's not, it's very difficult to self-promote because that's something that we have been taught not to do, right? You yeah. keep your head down, do good work, right? But you have to find ways to highlight what you do. You say, our team delivered this and it was really exciting and here's the part where uh, that, that I uh, uh, contributed to. This is the impact that it had and it was great to see a successful you know, uh, a, a launch or, or project, right? Whatever it was, you have to find ways to use language that allow you to talk about the bigger goal, but also to, to highlight your specific contributions. And uh, a lot of, uh, you know, first new employees, they don't uh, maybe don't know the, the, the rules of the road, how to work with your manager, how to keep them up to date on the work that you're doing, how to share, you know, what your interests are, what your career goals are, and you can change your mind. I mean, a lot of people say, well, I don't really know what I want to do, or young women say, well, I might want to get married, I want to have family. Well, you don't say any of that, but you can say, you know, in three years, I'd love to have a role that looks like this. Right. And maybe you can you can change your mind. You don't you can say what you want to do and you can start down that road and you can look at it and you can just find out more information, talk to people who are doing that role and come back and say, well, you know, I found out that, you know, there's this aspect to it that I'm not that interested in. But I did find these other areas that I would like to explore. And so when you're constantly learning, like just because you finished your degree uh, doesn't mean you stop growing. Right. You take you learn new languages, you you learn new disciplines, you learn new tools. and and you grow and contribute, and so that's the path that I think that I would say to to students who are looking at what a, a career might look like in any role that you have. Right, you you do your best work, you always deliver, um, and then you try to help uh, other people get get whatever it is done. Right, and that's part of what it means to be a team and to be part of a, a an organization that does great things. Right. And then there's a creative side that, that you might also be able to do. And that's where, you know, patents and inventions or new product ideas come from. Right. You bring your experiences. Hey, when I use this thing, it didn't do this and I need it to do this. So I was thinking we could add a feature that allows this. Right. So you you bring that experience, that missing piece um, to whatever it is you do. Excellent. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I love that you touch languages because nowadays, have you know, we've also heard of not only languages, you know, French, Spanish, Russian, etc., but also programming languages. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something that you know every well, every kid should learn. You know, at least to program in one or or, or a couple of languages, regardless of what you want to do. I mean, it's never going to be on your way if you learn, you know, how to program a computer. 
Definitely. Yes. Right, and, and, and being multilingual, right? So yep. if, if many of our, uh, our of our listeners are bilingual or multilingual, those are actually skills that you can add value to because you can work with people in other countries that speak that language. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that gives you an edge over your competition, always. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little bit more about this organization. So I know that you guys uh, already have like a lot of achievements. And and then, as you mentioned, you have events. And uh, is this like work as a membership or how um, how this works? So we have a Facebook group, we have a LinkedIn group, we uh, have a Twitter handle. Uh, what, what we primarily do is because we are all busy with our day jobs is we also have a listserv that members can join and ask questions. Uh, they can post to our, our groups. Uh, they can meet other people. Uh, and, and we usually meet to coordinate content that we want to present at a conference. But mostly it's just it's providing that community. Um, how do we, how do people get connected? How do they find out about opportunities or jobs or scholarships? Okay. Uh, or, uh, you know, other people in other areas they might want to get information from. So being that, that network, right? That, and, and, and they can talk to us privately if they want messages and ask us specific questions. A lot of students need mentors uh, mm-hmm. or role models uh, to say, hey, what about this? Um, so I think that's probably the biggest value we add. What, what do you think, uh, Cecilia? What would you say? Are the Yes. It, I mean, as always, that's a great summary, Patty. I'd also like to point out that membership is absolutely free and it always has been. And we'd like to... It, encourage any um, anyone, any young Latinas in computing or actually of any age to, to you know, join us, look, look up our website or our Facebook page and, um, and ask to join. And that's all it takes to, to be a part of this community. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and then we definitely uh, need this information because it definitely speaks to our new generation. Right. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? This is you know part of what we're trying to do with this series of Latinos and uh, Latino founders, uh, just trying to inspire and you know convey messages, you know convey you know all always positive messages. And how can we help each other grow? How can we help each other? How how can we help the next generation succeed? Uh, especially right now in turbulent times for for us Latinos living in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like we have the same goals. <laughs> Good. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's why we're creating all that. This space was created. It was created uh, to get our voice across everywhere that um, people that wants to help, that wants to be a mentor, that has an idea, that has uh, a site, an organization, anything that, that can help us to, to grow together. Yep. And so, so for now, they, they can go to uh, latinasincomputing.org and sign up for, for the newsletter, be, be a part of the organization. And also, you, you say, like, through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Is that right? Yes. Uh, there's yes. A, on the homepage, there's a join uh, list on the, on, the la- on the right. 
And so that's probably the best way to, to keep keep in touch. Uh, we also are working, we have colleagues who work in uh, Latin and South America, and they uh, host a conference called Latinity. It's going to be held in August uh, in Colombia, and it is for Latin American women in technology. And so, I mean, there are, are Latinas all over the world, but one of the most uh, uh, one of the largest populations for Latinas actually comes from the Americas, and so mm -hmm. growing the leaders in uh, southern, <clears throat> southern and Latin America will uh, grow the population uh, of, of women leaders, right? Because if you mm -hmm. go to the top 100 list that Time puts out every year, how many Latinas do you see on that list? And Latinos mm -hmm. as well, yep. right? Exactly. You don't see that many. Um, and so our, our goal is really to create uh, more presence, more opportunities for, uh, for, for Latinas in all aspects of technology. Definitely. Yes, Absolutely. and I should say too that being here in Chile now, it's been very exciting. I've met with many women, many Latinas in computing and, and technology, and I've had a number of very exciting conversations, and I'm and, and, and met with some young women students too. I just spoke with a, a, a really brilliant young woman in computer science who was getting a master's degree. And I think I convinced her to go on and get her PhD in computer <laughs> science and to, you know, and then to go and, and teach others as well. And, and this is really, I think what our community is all about. Um, we can't, we can't hear you. Oh, Cecilia? Cecilia? I'm sorry? Uh, we, we, we lost you there for a second, I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, now we hear you, but a little far. Let me see. Let's adjust oh, right. the audio. So I was just saying that, that I think that one of the most important things that we can do in this organization is to mentor the Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we uh, hear you very, very far away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's, there's a little bit of noise right there. I think. We're... Oh, hello. How okay. is this? Oh, that's, oh, that's perfect. perfect. We, we Thank you. Back. Yes. There you are. You're back again. Sorry, you were saying Cecilia. Did because... you hear what I said? Uh, no, no, no. I mean, we could barely, barely hear you, but now, now, now you're perfectly fine again. So, did you hear what I said about how exciting it is to be in Chile and, yes. and to see what the women here are doing? Uh, yeah. Correct. And then uh, you said that you were talking with the young uh, Latinas that are uh, experiencing uh, going through these uh, programs, and then wanted to be and having the opportunity to to um, teach someone else yes i'm i'm really hoping to to get more women professors in in computer science here in south america there are so many very talented women who don't believe some of the ones i've seen they don't believe that they can do it they, they feel nervous about speaking up and so i've been trying to encourage them to join with the other very strong Latinas here and add their voices together. And um, I'm very hopeful for the future. 
Exactly. And let's keep in contact. I mean, who knows that uh, we have an opportunity over here and we can bring some of these young Latinas uh, to give a conference uh, to a big crowd of uh, young Absolutely. adults. Yeah. And, and, and we already I already have a couple of um, possible um, members for you guys. I know a couple of people that were a couple of Latinas that work and have worked at Intel. And I'm sure they're, if they don't know about you, I'm sure they'll be very interested in, in, in joining as well. Because, you know, they're echoing everything that we've said here in the past hour. Wonderful. So, uh, That's fabulous. Yeah. So, again, I ho hope we can we can help you, you know, send, you know, spread the message about latinasincomputing.org and, you know, get more members, get more, well, if, and also if not members, but also more students, you know, to get an inspiration. Because for me, the difficult part is like I'm a man. It's it's difficult for for me as a man being able to to talk as a peer, but uh, you know, and as a, a source of inspiration, even though I'm Latino. But you know, listening to you guys and saying, "Wow, look look, look what you can accomplish! Look at you, you know, this remarkable stories that we heard today. Uh, you can do it. There's no excuse." Right, and you know what? We need allies too. Don't don't sell yourself short because you're on a man. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, and, you know, being the father of two beautiful girls, uh, you know, I, I, this is what I want for them. I want uh, I want to be able to, to, to do some major change and for them to, even if it's not computing, because I, I don't think neither of them have that passion. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it, it echoes. And I think, you know, like I said, for me, it's important that they learn, uh, you know, how to code, uh, how to, you know, learn a little, yeah, even not the basis of, of computing, you know, just so, can they, so they can have an understanding of this and provide, you know, a path for leadership. Yes, definitely. So I just want to add a little bit um, about uh, creating opportunities. Uh, creating opportunities for youth is very important. And then uh, we're, what we're trying to do is to create something that uh, if, if it's working for you, if it's working for us, we need to share that. We need to we need to bring that into our youth and into our our communities for us to be able to to build ourselves. So thank you so much for being with us today, Patty, uh, Cecilia, and um, yes, anything else, Edgar? No, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time. I, I know you're, you're extremely busy, very, you know, very successful women, and you know, uh, congratulations on, on all your successes and many, many more to come. We'll stay in touch with you, and hopefully we can help you, you know, through our organizations and our startups, you know, help the... Uh, you know, to spread the word about um, Latinas in computing. Uh, so if anyone, you know, wants to, to join latinasincomputing.org and, you know, subscribe, uh, you know, for, for from Portland, you know, we'll, we'll salute you. Thank you so much again for joining. Saludos desde hasta Chile. Yes. Uh, I want to add an, another thing. Sorry, I keep yeah, adding things. Uh, Patti, Cecilia, uh, I work for Hispanic Chamber. If you go to Facebook, if you have Facebook, uh, I would love to have you as uh, our uh Uh, Spanish Chamber uh, friend, follower, yeah. yes. So we can keep in contact and um, yeah, it's like just to share information and, uh, and see if we can do something together in the future. And we'll love to have you here in Portland sometime. Well, that was that sounds fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Thank you for this. 
for this fabulous opportunity. Thank you so much. And don't go anywhere yet because coming up next is the Out Entrepreneur with host Rhodes Perry. Rhodes talks about LGBTQ entrepreneurs from all over the world. Rhodes, welcome. And thank you for joining us in Latino Founder Hour, Startup Radio Network. Thank you so much. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You've been listening to the Latino Founder Hour podcast with your hosts, Edgar Navas, founder of Clica, and Claudia Cardenas. El programa Latino Founder Hour es grabado en las instalaciones de NetSpace en el estudio Bigfoot Podcast en la hermosa ciudad de Portland. Our audio engineer, mixer, and podcast editor is Alain Beausoleil. Diseñador de logo, Carolyn Main. Our network logo was designed by Jessica Chan. Diseñador de sitio web, Cameron Grimes. Our production assistant is Chelsea Lancaster. Tema de música, Funning and Sunning, de Kevin McLeod. Cree en ti mismo, sueña en grande y confía en el universo, de Marta Leticia y Silvia Romero.